Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 247. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross Ross, Jedi J. And as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here in the L5J studios with me, hanging out. This week on the show, we return with more independent creator-owned comic book goodness. This week on the show, writer, artist, penciler, inker, letterer, uh, creative phenomenon, Mr. Michael Bloom. He joins us to talk about the Kickstarter for his book. It's called Italiano, and it's super groovy indeed. Uh, we talk all about it. We're going to tell you all about it. It's uh, it's a really, really fun-looking book. I can't wait for it to come out and succeed. And for me, you get the whole read, the whole goddamn thing, because it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Mike's a very, very cool guy. We'll have to have him back on, as I say several times after the book comes out. We all enjoy the book, but for now, we talk about the book coming out. Uh, go to Kickstarter, check out Italiano, uh, and there's a very, very cool, cool preview there. It's a very original-looking book. It's a very... Uh, uh, exciting looking book. Uh, I think you'll all know what I mean when you go to Kickstarter and check out Italiano. So do it. This week, my conversation with Mr. Michael Bloom. Enjoy. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Not too bad at all. It's good Thanks to meet you. Me yeah, absolutely, man. Awesome. No problem at all. So I listened to a couple of your episodes just to kind of get the gist. It seems kind of freeform. It's you just kind of yeah. It's pretty damn freeform. <laughs> which is cool with me, man. That's that's awesome. No problem here. Which, uh, which episodes did you check it? It's the la- the latest two. I was listening to them in my car today. Uh, right on. On the way to and from uh, the office, and. Uh, can't remember who your guest was. Uh, but yeah, you guys just kind of going up and back, and it was cool. You know, you seem like a pretty cool, laid-back type dude, and asked some good questions and dug in a little bit here and there. So, right on. That makes my life easy. <laughs> well, I try to make things easy and comfortable. You know, this isn't uh, for a lot of comic creators. Talking about themselves and their work isn't their uh, their forte. You know what I mean? It's crazy, right? You know, when I first started this out. You know, just to give you a little background, I've been working on this series for 15 years, more as a hobby. You know, I was real serious when I first got into it. Then I sidetracked into real life, got married, had kids, I had, that. you know, got a career and all that. And then now I've kind of, I took a job working from home about five years ago and started getting serious on this again. And, and I think now I'm at to a, to a point where I think it's worthy of an audience. But yeah, when I had to come out of my shell and start, you know, putting it in front of people for better or worse and, you know, when I first started doing podcasts, uh, when this Kickstarter campaign started, yeah, man, it was pretty hard. You know, people would be like, so tell me about Italiano. And I'd be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to steer away from that because I don't want to just get the same elevator pitch that everybody gets, you know? Yeah, I mean? that's, it's tough because, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of, um, a lot of the ones I've ended up on are like that. And it does make it hard because, 
it's it's a lot easier for someone like yourself digs in here or there and gets a little more specific with the questions for me to then elaborate on to other areas as my brain flows that way. Um, yeah, totally, totally. I think it comes from uh, a lot of podcasts or, or comic book podcasts or people interviewing creators that didn't really happen organically, whereas they started a show and maybe said to themselves, oh, I'm going to do this. I I didn't start the show out that way, and uh, I just happened to hang out at a lot of Comic-Cons, and I have a lot of friends who are creators, and they would just kind of shoot the shit with me. Okay. So as as that evolved, and as going to more and more conventions, started to meet cooler new people, and just started doing like on-the-spot interviews for, with people I'd never known before. Okay. And yeah, and it just sort of gradually and it grew into like, hey, how's it going? What, what, what are you up to? And what's your shit? You know? It's, uh, it's awesome. It's the same old thing when you hear just, uh, so what inspired you to ink that style or <laughs> who are your influences for sure. this, this or that? Like if that stuff comes out, that's cool and all, right. but, uh, and I'm sure it will, but you know, I'd rather be having a conversation than just be kind of peppering people with questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Although it does happen. Occasionally I get excited about things and I don't even let people finish the questions that I'm asking. <laughs> That's all right, man. That makes for a good show. <laughs> so what's the deal here? So you're in Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And, but you met our, my good friend, Derek Becker at Motor City. Is that what happened? Uh, no, I actually met him. Uh, I was introduced to him through, um, Lee Jeffries. Over okay. At, um, okay. Comic Central. And, uh, so I had, she, she, when I first started, you know, working towards releasing this thing, she really liked the art and stuff. And so me and her kind of became friends and she was like, man, I'd like to see this thing on here. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go this Kickstarter route. And she's like, okay, well, best of luck. And I kind of just asked her at one point, like, Hey, do you know anybody that could maybe help me get the word out? And so she sent me a nice list of people she had worked with before, uh, you know, been on their show or knew that they liked stuff like this. And he was one of them. So I got on with him. And then, of course, everybody I've got on with, that's the one thing I always ask him is, hey, do you know anybody, anybody else I could talk to, you know? And so he said, yeah, talk to uh, – go look up the elegant weapon and, and message him from Facebook. I'm like, okay, sweet. So that's where I came from. Nice. Yeah, he had sent me a message. He was like, look, you might hear from this guy because he's – well, he's getting married right now. Actually, this weekend oh, really? I have to head out – yeah, I have to head out to Michigan for his wedding Wedcon 17, we're calling it. <laughs> that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's happening this Saturday. So cool. I have to go to do that. But he's just been so busy with that that he was like, hey, can you maybe uh, have a chat with this fella? Seemed interesting because he's just booked solid for weeks already. So, yep. But I'm happy to provide the platform. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't think I can get on with him till like, July something, you know? Yeah, he's a busy little beaver, those guys. I don't really plan that far ahead, as I probably should, because some weeks I end up scrambling a little bit. Sure. There's there's always someone cool to talk to, and I have the I have the, the usual gang of idiots who stop by a lot too, you know. Always so, plug them in there, huh? So <laughs> you send me uh, like a press preview yep. uh, for your Kickstarter and the book, and the first thing that you notice is. Definitely, as you said, the art just punches you in the face. <laughs> uh, super vibrant, super crazy. Uh, the description that you use, uh, what was it? Goodfellas meets Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Very like apt description. 
it's uh it's it's definitely looks like something different man it totally caught my because i get a lot of these things i'll be sure. honest i get sent constant constant previews and uh you know stuff once in a while definitely sticks out the second you look at it and i'm happy to say that uh, your work was in that category thanks man so let's get the silly little elevator pitch out of the way uh it's it's a uh, it's a very cartoony comic it's uh why don't you describe it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. You know, I kind of, kind of grasping for words, and that's why I kind of said, you know, like uh, Sopranos meets Adult Swim, um, you know, that type of feel where you've got these over-the-top violence and profanity of the mobster themes, and uh, but you marry it to this very cartoon, you know, very bright art style, good helping of crude humor. Uh, really crazy off the wall characters and you end up in a different place, you know? So, um, basically, you know, you kind of got to see it, but, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely takes you somewhere different. You know, it's a lot of foul language, it, a lot of funny stuff, but a lot of brutal violence at the same time. Well, the, the cool thing about those things being what the book is about is the book doesn't dive super deep so we don't have to either uh it's just like it sounds kids it's super awesome it looks super cool what i've read it was very entertaining i'm a little more interested off the bat by your story if you don't mind we talk a little bit about that because as you say we've all done you know the deal uh you're passionate when you're younger you want to make comics but then you get married and you have kids and you get the day job and you get rolling on a career eventually things settle down a bit kids get a little older and you get the podcast all the time or make comics yeah. or whatever now you along that kind of typical journey uh contracted a rare blood disease yeah i've got uh, an allergic disease called uh uh, eosinophilic gastroenteritis and it basically makes me allergic to almost everything it's kind of crazy it's oh, super damn, weird like i eat five foods for the last five years that's it oh it's like oh, it's like are one of them tacos at least oh no man oh no <laughs> i eat chicken rice blueberries bananas and spinach and i'm talking raw, like raw like in the raw oh. you can cook it that's it you know like i'm not seasoning it nothing so I've been working through that and that kind of sucked. And, you know, at first when that hit, it was like, what the hell is going on? My, my fucking life is over, you know, but, but I have a great family, man. My, my wife and I have been together for, we've been married for 15 years and we were like, we knew each other since grade school. So she's been a big support for me and, uh, you know, just everybody, I just have a good family. So I've made it through, you know, and looking back now, um, you know, that forced me out of a 14 hour a day career that I had been slaving on for over 12 years at the time, you know, and wasn't able to be around my kids as much as I like and be home as much as I like. And even though it was scary as hell at the time, I had to leave that job and I ended up taking a position from home. So it all just kind of worked out. So even though I'm, I'm living with this shit, um, it sounds like it was a blessing. Yeah, disguise, man. Though. You know, I have a way better life despite <laughs> the fact that I can't eat anything. You know, like. Hey, man, silver linings, right? <laughs> right. You got to look for that shit. Absolutely, right? man. So, so that was huge for me, you know, and it's given me a lot of freedom. And, and now here I am on, on the war path to get this comic out, you know, and, um, I've always wanted to do it. And I know that sounds pretty cliche, but honestly, man, I, I mean, I made my first comic with my own characters at seven years old. I think, you know, you ask a lot of little kids, what do you want to be? You know, they've got some classic answers like firefighter or whatnot, but I always wanted to be a comic book artist. Like 
no doubt in my mind. So here I go, you know. You're one of them doodling totters. Yes, exactly. Right, 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 right. I got you, man. Totally. Well, that's cool, though. That shows that uh, it wasn't necessarily so much about, like, well, where does the comics come into it? Does it? Were you, like, already drawing from a young age? Had you already discovered comics? Did they influence you to start to draw? Or were you drawing and then discovered comics and was like, hey, this is cool? Well, I was, I was born in, in 1980. So, you know, the, my my... My toddler years and on up through grade school was in the 80s. And then I was also lucky enough to be, you know, still into toys and stuff when the 90s hit. So I think a lot of influence not only was from comics, but also toys and video games. You know, I think that's why I love character design so much. And with this, you know, this book is told, the story is told so heavily through the vast amount of characters I've created. Because, you know, I grew up with things like He-Man. You know, and there's not one or two guys, there's 40 right. dudes in the series, you know, like that was inspiring yeah. to me, man. I loved it. So, you know, I would dig into these huge collections and, and just naturally came to me naturally that I just want to make my own something like that. So, you know, when I got to the age where I could start coming up with those ideas, you know, and I, and I came up with this idea for Italiano, I started by making these four main bosses and these four families that were very different from each other. And um, and then I just kind of just filled in the gaps and just went crazy creating characters. And it was just still to this day, it's like the most fun thing I do. I remember being a kid and coming up with stuff and you would invent like teams yeah. and care and characters and like or your own G.I. Joe's or whatever. And that was always super fun. It sounds like you were just super zeroed into that. So you were just drawn and wanting to create as long as you can remember. You don't remember a time when the, there wasn't that option. Yeah, honestly, it's like I go back and it was weird because everybody, you know, you'd sell, you know, anybody that knew you were a drawer would like, oh, let me see, let me see what you, all oh, you like comics? Let me see a Spider-Man or whatever, you know, and I never did that stuff. Like my fan art pool is extremely small. <laughs> like right, it's right, very right. rare for me to have done that stuff. I always tried to do my own thing. And back in those days, it was probably emulating quite a bit, but it was still something different. And then, uh, then I just got really into dudes that didn't draw that classic way. You know, the Sam Key, Sam and Bisley, Simon Bisley, um, you know, all the guys that drew off the wall. Real, really weird styles. And <laughs> Simon Bisley more than draws off the yeah, wall. Yeah, he's painting every. So, you know, those guys, when they started becoming more popular in the 90s, where, you know, especially with the, the break off of image it started to really click to me that, Hey, you can do this. Like, you know, before it was like, Hey, if you want to be a comic book artist, you got to draw Marvel's characters, show them that you can accomplish it the way they like it. And then maybe they'll hire you. But then once you start seeing all these, uh, you know, big wig creators break off, create their own universe. And, and not only that, but do it in a completely different fashion. It's like, Holy shit. As a kid, you're like, wow, man. There's no yeah, that hadn't been done. You know, it's yeah. awesome. So. Hadn't been done in comics in so many decades. Right. We went so long with nothing but the big two, really. Right. So, yeah, that was a huge shakeup, and you and you were like a preteen, so you were totally like yeah, I was very right there, you influential know, like, at that time. Yeah. Right. Well, you're the book. The book looks like. Uh, it looks, you can tell that you were a kid watching early 90s cartoons. Yeah. You know, like Nickelodeon and that kind of thing. Like, that influence is definitely there, you know? It's uh, 
it's very cool that way, but then it's not what you expect at all. So you were just like a mobster fan. You just like, yeah, you know, yeah. Where, did, where did the mixing the two come from? So, cause you started creating these characters like 15 years ago. You said, yeah, I was probably in my early twenties, 20, 21, 22. I, I first, uh, sketched out the first Mario Italiano, thought it looked like a mobster and said, Hey, this would be fun. I don't know, man. I always liked mobster movies. I just always thought they were badass. Um, and I guess it helps that my mom's side's Italian, you know, so right, you know, right, I have right. some of those experiences, not the mafia experiences, but, you know, you watch those movies and you see the, uh, you know, the old lady, the old grandma at the pot at the stove with the pot of sauce. Like, that's very real to me. <laughs> so, right, right. So right, it's cool. Totally. Like, you always I think any Italian can kind of relate to some of those situations. So, uh, so, so the, your, so the idea more came from doodling. So you didn't like have an idea and be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and start doodling with this idea. You were just kind of drawing and you were like, Hey, this looks like somebody I could make into something more. Yeah, actually, that's exactly how it happened. That's cool. I was working at that's a, cool. yeah, I was working at a spice shop at the time and we'd take breaks in the back room and they had all this manila paper that they would wrap glass jars of spice in. I would take the shit and just doodle on it. But I was always like, I'd always just draw whatever came to my head and I would just then take those collection of characters and hope to do something with them someday. Well, one day I, I drew this dude that was kind of a mobster looking guy and I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And the whole thing built off of that. So where does all the skills come from? Cause like, again, I get the pencils, like one, you know, that's the start. That's the main thing. I have an idea. I drew these pictures, but where did you pick up the uh, skills to do everything yourself? Cause you letter it, you color it, you ink it, you pencil it. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I'm kind of one of those guys that if I'm going to do something, I, I have no problem learning it as long as it's uh, interesting to me. So, um, so, like, did you learn those skills to be able to do this book entirely yourself or were those skills that you just picked up over the years that you wanted to learn how to, how to do? Yeah, that? I just, I guess, you know, I was, uh, I was lucky enough to be in a school district that had a really good art program. Um, so growing up, even, you know, grade school on, we had some really awesome art, uh, teachers and, and, and areas that performed, you know, the duties. I mean, I remember I went to a high school that was brand new at the time. And we had skylights and big, it was like a mausoleum, this art area. It's amazing. <laughs> so I think I was really lucky there, but I was an art room junkie, you know. I mean, I would sit in there as many hours as I could during that day. I'd skip out of other classes and hide in the back of the art rooms, you know. And nice. I was in ceramics, photography, drawing and painting. And, you know, so a lot of those skills translate over to comics. You know, I think comics, honestly, is an underrated artistic profession i mean there's so many things you're doing as far as rendering a picture within comics you know it's just amazing even if you're going for a cartoony style you know you're drawing buildings there's architecture involved there's all sorts of stuff and so having a wide skill set and then narrowing it down into that medium is actually been really fascinating for me you know so i paint on a wacom and i digital paint like i would normally paint a, a, a painting um, you know, I still paint once in a while, too. So I go at it in a digital fashion, but that's how I color. I like the bright colors. You're right. The influence comes straight out of the 80s, 90s, you know, and to me, that's that's awesome. So I just kind of do it that way. As far as penciling and inking, I've been penciling forever and inking was just that's just something you got to practice. <laughs> you know, it's just right. It's just right. Well, there's there's a unique style in the colors that they are bright and they pop like crazy, but 
in a way you use the darkest tone of of light colors does that make sense yeah yeah i'm going more i'm pulling more out of the bold crayon box than i am the the standard you know right yeah totally and that adds a certain depth to it a certain shadowy awesomeness that uh gives it a very like thick look you know what i mean i like that part about it for sure and the the pictures the character pictures you had you you mentioned uh, the different styles of drawing and stuff and it shows your skills that you've got the character pictures but then the little cities and the buildings you've drawn in behind yeah uh they look like you know a completely different style like it could have been a completely different artist who drew those backgrounds compared to the characters yeah, it's it's weird. Some I see that in my work. Sometimes I like it, and sometimes I don't. So I guess it's an opinion. <laughs> but uh... well, some people have you know people have different styles. So when you look at your characters, they're big and they're bold and they're thick lines. They're not like sketched out. They're like they're solid. You know what right. I mean? And then the detail that you put into those buildings doesn't look like. It's it doesn't it's not the same style you think that the same artist would be interested in doing. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's very cool that you would, you know, stretch yourself in those two different ways in the one book. You know. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad you like it because you know I kind of like to mix things that might not seem like they would fit together and like kind of force them to. That's uh, it's always been interesting to me. Oh, totally. It looks like a Nickelodeon cartoon with like a like a seventies, uh, you know cult comic background those cities you know <laughs> yeah it's I mean? awesome man totally yeah 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 that's totally what's what it struck me so i like the fact that this is just fun all over man like every little bit of this just seems like fun 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 yeah it's cool because you know and then when you when you when you start reading it i have put a lot of effort into the story i know it seems pretty shallow at first but i do have some pretty serious storylines going on in the back so i'm hoping that plays out well as the series progresses you know like the main character mario italiano our anti-hero you know he's uh he wants to do good for the city he wants to seize control but the way he does good is is completely like unhinged you know so he doesn't want drugs on the street so he just takes them out you know like so there's going to be this wrestling with that theme um, throughout the book that that's kind of cool. And then, you know, all the families play a part. So, um, you know, you've got the West Side boss, who is more of like a Hollywood gangster. You've got the North Side, who is just a real hardened immigrant. You've got the comic relief coming out of the South. The stinky Joe Elbow is just like a dirty <laughs> and bread hillbilly, man. You know, so totally, totally just all set on destroying the city. And then you've got Mario, who is really actually pulling for it, but his methods in doing so are just gruesome. So, you know, you kind of put that, put yourself in that spot of, like, do you approve of what he's doing or not? And then I just try to make it fun from there. You know, I don't want to take it too serious. I didn't want to – this isn't supposed to be a, a realistic mobster epic. It's, it's supposed to be fun for the reader, you know? You know, the the deep, complex plot lines and stuff, they aren't necessary when you're – presenting this kind of product that you're presenting because everything else is meant to more than make up for it yeah like, like kids make sure like this is one of those comics you really need to see we talk about a lot of comics on this show and people come on and explain their comics we talk about how amazing the art is and how unique because you know i try to get books on that i'm interested in or that you know have struck a chord <laughs> with me but to an extent they're always particularly comic books in a way uh, but this is more, this is like, it's a comic book, but 
it's uh, it's just it's so original. It's got so much fun to it that I'm really looking forward to reading the whole thing, which is going to be huge. What is it, 48 pages you decided yeah, to Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do it a little different. First of all, I'm terrible, terrible at trying to stuff what I want to do in 20 pages. I just can't do it, man. I've tried and tried and tried. So I figure if I'm going to break that mold anyways, every time I go, you know, I'll write a 25-page book and I'll have the page counts down. As soon as I start storyboarding that and drawing it, the pages just explode out of my control, you know, like I don't want to sacrifice a cool spread. Or if I come up with something that would be way better done in a two-page spread, I'm just not going to sacrifice that. So instead, I just do it, you know, and then all of a sudden it ends up being 40-plus pages, you know, because I didn't want to. So why not single issues, though? Why not bust it up into, like, a a single issue run? Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, because I end up, I kind of like to have, I don't want to say a beginning and ending to each issue, but I'm treating the series and the way I'm writing it is more like an episode of a cartoon, you know, uh, or whatever, any kind of show. So it's, you know, I'm writing it where there's kind of a, a beginning and a, a somewhat closure, or at least segue at the end. And for me to do that properly, I found that a 40 page count is, is pretty necessary. The other cool thing that I just believe would be cool is to put this thing out in many trades, you know, in small trades like they used to do in the early 90s. You know, they didn't wait till they had 150, 200 pages to put a trade together. They would take a couple issues as like a little mini series and put together a 50 page book, you know, and but it's cool to collect in that way, you know, that you don't, you know, it's so I'm not really going to do many saddle stitch traditional comics at all. I'm going to go for these 48, 50 page uh, little mini trades. When I get four of those together, I figure then I could just do a hardcover if I do anything, you know, as far as a binding. That was a really long way of saying because I want to. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's cool. That's what's great, though, is there's so many ways of doing this. I ha- There's lots of people nowadays that are uh, just being like, screw it. I'm just going to do a graphic novel. I've got the story I want to tell. I don't want to wait a year or two or whatever to, you know, have to work on it continuously to, you know, just hold and get stuff out. If I've got it, I'm going to put it out there and uh, – you know, because I want to. So it's becoming way more of a regular trend to see that, which is cool because I like trades. You know, like I don't mind my single issues, but there's a lot of titles that I was just like, okay, hey, it's too much, too much crazy now. I'm just going to wait for the trade to come out. You know? Yeah, I'm guilty of that myself. And I think that has swayed me heavily in this decision. Because Well, there's a lot of books that are so good that you want to keep that reading. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Saga. Yes. Like, that's a, like, great that's a example. perfect example of a book that works far better as a trade than as the single issues. I couldn't possibly have had the patience to go, you know, issue by issue when I could sit down and tear through one of the volumes because you're just – you get lost right in it. You've read like five issues of the book before you even realize. You I know? totally agree with you, man. Like I, I find yeah. myself putting off series that I love, writing them down on a sheet of paper, you know, and or putting them in my phone. And just knowing that I have to wait for that trade to come out because I just can't stomach reading it in these small chunks. You know, I just, I'm the same way, man. And then I'll just go buy, buy the trade. That's why I actually love falling, you know, finding series that I missed because I can just buy like three or four trades at once and just have at it, you know, and dive in. And that's awesome. That's a great way to consume the, the media, if you ask me. 
Oh, it's, it's so much easier, man. And, and it's a lot of people's goals now. It's like I, I know some people are just making singles to get to a trade. And it's like, why didn't you just do the trade then? Like, Sure. You know, but I mean, you know, either way is fun to each his own. You know what I mean? Yeah, so totally. That's what's great. Okay, the I love how much fun this book is because there really is not a lot out there like this at all right now. There's not a lot of selection when it comes to comedy or light entertainment or over the top you know grotesque gratuity and it's fun to see so you know it's hard to put this into a category even like what do you call it like a comedy comic like yeah i guess it's kind of almost like a dark comedy but it is based a lot i mean it's comic more along the lines of the fact of its presentation you know i definitely have funny parts in there there's definitely some crazy shit in there that is like what the fuck but but there is a lot of like just brutal violence and swearing too but i think the way it's presented that actually adds to the humor you know it's like so it is it's a hard one to put you know that's why i call it and that's why i i just i think it fits in with that adult swim type of nature where you know it's it's could be kind of offensive at times it, it's going to be a lot of action there's going to be a lot of brains and heads exploding you know people getting shot up but at the same time uh it's presented in a fashion that it almost shouldn't be <laughs> with those types of fantastic themes. though well that's something different these days and it's great to see that like i'm really excited to read this because just seeing it you're like okay this looks like fun and yeah you've got a few points in there that were you know i was able to read and enjoy but just made me want to see more and see what you're actually going to do with all this whacked outness because these people are nuts like your art style is insane thanks man like it's it just makes no sense you know it's it's cartoony yes but it's cartoony in that whacked out tripped out early 90s way so you know oh yeah man i can't wait to get it out there um I'm pretty pretty close to done with everything on my end in production. I'm just working on colors now and a couple last uh, last pages I got to do that I included some custom tiers in. So talk about the Kickstarter. All right, yeah. So Kickstarter is live for nine more days. So we are winding down. We uh, we're 84 percent funded, so we're doing well. I think we're tracking okay. But uh, I got a lot of cool shit on there. Um, I, I had some custom stuff that I was doing, actually putting you in the book. I think most of that stuff sold out, so I apologize for that. Um, but but I've got some a poster of the city that's really cool. I got some uh, some boss prints that are going to be done on holographic stock, some mini prints. Those are pretty cool. And then I've got the two books, the main book, which is the 48-page monster, and uh, that's the main story. And then I had to try to figure out a supplement because – there's just no way that I'm going to be able to hook people into the backstory of all these characters that I have built um, fast enough through the main series. So what I'm doing is I'm going to be presenting with every one of these books I release, every issue. I'll have another companion book that you can get, that you can grab uh, called Italiano Case Files. And I'm doing it from like the point of view of the, of the cops, what they have on all these gangsters. And nice. uh, so it's like an art book. Oh, you could just throw some ridiculous shit in there, couldn't oh, you? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, my brother in <laughs> actually helping me assemble it with all this shit, you know. It looks like coffee rings and, you know, shots <laughs> and all this cool shit. And uh, it's basically art and bio of, you know, some of the, the main characters. And and I'll just keep doing that until uh, until I feel like we got enough of them out there. Right. Is this your first Kickstarter this then, I guess? my first right? Kickstarter, man, yeah. 
nerve-wracking it's huh? been super nerve-wracking <laughs> super crazy you know if i knew then what i knew now i probably wouldn't have dove in as fast which is fine i mean that's what you got to do in my opinion so that's what I hear very, very regularly, you know, but I mean, a lot of people, you know, like, it sounds like you're well on your way, but if you get people I've known in the past, a few Kickstarters that haven't been successful, but I mean, you know, you don't give up, they retool, they, you know, kind of redo the whole thing and then they end up killing it and then they get their comic made. Yeah, so, it's, you know, it's always nice to hear these Kickstarters that are doing, you know, well, because I mean, you could do so many cool stuff. I mean, these characters are begging to be toys, too. Oh, I love it, man. I totally like my five year plan would be to actually make this into an animation and to get a toy line. I mean, that would be oh, like it's begging to be. It looks like a comic adapted. Too, man, like I have packaging designed yeah. for these toys. I've cut the <laughs> like I'm dude, they're, you know, four families all a distinct color, you know, all from the distinct yeah. side of the, you know, of the map that very very unique families. Oh man, they'd be great. Figures would just be unbelievable. I would that would be like uh my life's accomplishment. You said it almost looks like a comic that could have been adapted from a cartoon. I agree, man. I agree. So, I mean, even I think the way I draw, everything is key frames. You know, you're going to skim, you're going to, you're going to look through these 40 pages and there's, I don't do fluff, man. Like I do not do like filler frames with characters that aren't really rendered, um, which is cool. I mean, I see a lot of artists do that and that's their thing and I like it. But for me, that's, I just don't do it that way. Like everything I do would, could be used for a keyframe and animation, you know, like, so, you know, very heavily expressive and, and everything, um, as far as the faces and everything. So it's going to be fun if I can ever pull that off. You consider yourself a cartoonist? No, I don't know. I, I just an artist, really. Like I said, I really do pull from a lot of other areas of background to, to do comics. I think I come at it from a different perspective, a different angle, and very non-traditional. You know, I'm kind of just like a, a fuck the normal way. I'm just going to do it my way. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to do my own thing. You know, I'm, I'm really – it's all worth it when people like yourself see that it is something different because that is, you know, it's coming right from me. You know, it's – and I made it because I like it this way, you know. I might be a little biased because it's just totally up my alley yeah, as well. which like, is cool. Like this, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, like mob cartoon goodness. Have you ever heard of uh, Forget About It? I haven't. Is that a cartoon? It's a cartoon here in Canada, and it's called Forget About It. You got to see it. It's 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 reminiscent. Like you know, you'll I I know you're gonna love it, and because you know, just looking at your comic here, it's not as crazy and whacked out nearly at all. It's more of a traditionally animated, even though they are kind of zany looking characters. But either way. uh it's about a mob family from Jersey, and then they get thrown into the witness protection uh, program for whatever reason, and they move to, I think, Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. Or, or, I think Regina. No, they, yeah, Regina. They move to Regina, and they go into the witness protection program. So it's a cartoon all about that this mob family, but living in like suburban like Canada, right? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. And the forget about it is spelt uh, F U H G G E T. Okay. Like, forget about it, you know? And uh, totally reminiscent of what you're doing here. Not in any way as crazy or nuts or as out there. 
but uh you know it's it's fun it, it, mobster comedy yeah i'm gonna check it out right? for sure man i love it so. yeah no i think i think you'll enjoy it man it's it's hard sometimes kids because i know even though we said at the top of the show that it's you know, it, it's not fun to do the typical elevator pitches and do, you know, the origin story. But seeing as Mike and I are just meeting here for the first time, you are going to get a little bit of that. And it's always more exciting once I'm able to read the book. So once that happens, you're definitely going to have to come back on the show so we actually can dive into it quite deeply because that's always the most fun to do. You yeah, know? I'd love to, man. Love to. And how much time do you say we got going on the Kickstarter there? Nine days left. Nine days. Yep. yep. 84%. How much are you asking for? Ten grand. Ten grand, 48 pages. That sounds about exactly on par for many other Kickstarters that I have encountered. So doesn't sound like you're being too greedy there. No, man. I just I just want to print a, a, a volume. You know, I want to print a decent amount so that I can uh, not only you know, so, you know, get, get them to all the pre-orders on Kickstarter, but also do the con scene and all that stuff. So have you done any shows yet? I haven't. I've always, I've been there, you know, as fans millions of times and, and, but I've never tabled. So this will be my first at the end of the summer here. I'll be at uh, wizard world, Chicago. That'll be my first wizard world, Chicago. Them dang wizard worlds, they get around. They stopped coming to Toronto quite a few years ago. Really? Yeah, well, people stopped going, so they stopped Yeah, people kind of hate on that that that, uh, that wizard world, but that's still... I don't know cool. enough, to be honest. To be honest, it was years ago that they used to come here, and then they just stopped coming. And I haven't been to a wizard show in, like, probably, like, 10 years or more since they've even stepped foot in Toronto. So I've just heard the stories over the years now. So I always wonder what it's like to go to the wizard world shows these days but any show that's your first show is going to be a good show so how far is chicago from wisconsin uh it takes me a couple hours right I mean, mainly no because idea. of the city traffic you know right i have no idea where wisconsin is we are right above illinois right above illinois yeah. okay in chicago so we, we share a border our southern border so and I'm I'm right. at the southern end of Wisconsin, so I'm not too far from them. Were you born and raised? Yep, yep. Right on. Uh, you far from Michigan then, or no? I mean, the quickest way is right across Lake Michigan for me. But oh, like, so you, you know, we're you guys we're are just, I'm just uh, I'm Michigan. just outside of Milwaukee, which is you know our biggest uh, lake town there. So so. Uh... How does this come up? Do you go to the wife and you're like, honey, I'm home. It's I'm not working as much. I want to make this happen. And is she like fucking right? Go for it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we talk. I mean, I don't know. She's my best friend. So I don't really I don't really approach her like that. But it's more or less just she knows I wanted to do this forever. It's not like I ever gave up on it. I would still draw this shit. It's just not in this capacity. Right, right. But it got to a point. So was it like you get the disease, you get to slow down, you get to work from home more and that kind of, you know, sparks the flame of I'm really, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to make this happen and come hell or high water sort of thing. Right? Exactly. You know, so. But I'm always interested in the spouses. I, uh, yeah, I she's been super supportive, man. Like, she's, it's amazing yeah. when they are, you know, so. Yeah, she's an artist too, so she can relate to the creative force, you know, that I need to get out. And uh, my kids love it too, you know, I mean, 
so they're all into it too. So are they little artists themselves? Yeah, my yeah, they the like to. My my daughter's more of a crafter. She likes video. She likes shooting videos, probably like any other eleven year old girl. And uh, but my son, yeah, he likes to draw a lot, and uh, he, he's pretty detailed. He always tells me he wants to draw with me when he gets bigger. So we'll see what happens. He's seven. Nice, nice. My kid's six, and he's totally in that drawing phase. But he's decided he wants to be a YouTuber when he grows up. They all do, man. <laughs> yeah. So now he's been. I've been having to help him make these Minecraft videos it's where awesome. he just sits and. Yeah. We video the TV as he plays, and he totally does the spiel. Like, all right, guys, we're playing story mode today, guys. Let's dive into it, guys. If you have any comments, leave them in the comment section. I'm just like, oh, man, my kid watches way too much Dan TDM. Yeah, yeah that's funny you Far say that. too much YouTube, man. So is the wife artsy enough, like, comic book-wise? Like, might you ever work together one day? No, she's definitely not into to the comic book art. She's a painter. She's a silversmith. She makes jewelry. And, uh... But she's really good at painting too. But she's more on the fine art end. She uh, she does draw well, cool. and she does her own stuff. But no interest in comic books. <laughs> so is your house just like a hippie art commune like house? Like uh, just people drawing and yeah. painting shit all over. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have a big ass studio downstairs. We got a finished basement, and I got another supplemental one upstairs. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of art and toys and action figures all over the place. Video games, yeah, we have a good time. So, is there anything else that you'd want me to know about this book? You know, I know it's hard until it's out there without spoiling anything. But like, hook me a little more. Give me a little more. Give me something. Give me something. Sure, sure. Oh, well, I would just say, man, you got to see how this war starts. You know, this first book goes into all the the intricacies through the eyes of the police. You know, looking back at how this four family war started in this city. And it's a great time, man. It's a lot so of like flashbacks. Yeah, or, yeah, it's all done. Yeah, oh, flashbacks. Okay. So basically, picture you know the the mayor who is Benny Mussolini. Now he is super anti mob because his father was killed as part of the Italiano family. So he saw a tear up his family. He hates the mob. So he basically puts together what I'm calling the mob squad, which is this squad of ragtag cops that have no laws to enforce other than just kill the mobsters. So the whole thing takes place from his office where he's basically in his war room telling everybody all the dirt they know on the families currently, just kind of like any other mobster movie you've seen where the cops are, you know, got the big wall and they're showing everybody's, uh, you know, place in the mob. And then it just goes through into flashbacks. These guys did this to these guys. This is what happened. And then it just goes crazy, which was kind of a nice, loose way to do this without being boring. You know, so it kind of gets everybody up to speed as to the, the, the state of things in the city, where the four families are involved in uh, this war and, and really kicks off the series. But it's a hell of a lot of fun, a lot of action, a lot of foul language, big, bright, shiny coat of paint and kind of just puts you into this sensory overload. Love it. Love it. I'm very, very excited about this. That little spiel got me even more excited. There's a book out of Niagara Falls here. It's called Vinny and Bud okay. uh, by Vinny Thompson. And not at all similar, but I like it a lot because it's very funny and it's very different. And it's somebody trying to do something that nobody else is doing it. So it's similar to your project in that vein. Yeah. 
But that's what's, you know, those are the books that are sticking out to me. That There's two things I'm into lately. I'm into that. I'm into the fun coming back because there's not a lot of fun out there right now unless it's like really just nonsensical 90s animation humor. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Like, you know, comic book wise, it'd be fun to see more Rick and Morty type comics instead of, you know, I don't know, adventure time stuff you know stuff that's weird just for the sake of being weird it's nice that your shit's weird but there's no explanation for it and and it doesn't act weird it acts totally normal you know from what i see so far but that's that's the fun of it right Right. so stuff like that and this vinnie and bud book same ideas man it's just something different it's something out there and uh you know i'm looking forward to seeing what uh happens with this so you're definitely gonna have to come back in the future when uh when it's readable yeah, man, I'll get you. A, I'll get you a copy as soon as it's completed. You can take a peek and let me know what you think. So, where can people find the book, and or at least the Kickstarter? I guess is uh... yeah. Most important thing as of right now is to just get over to Kickstarter, search Italiano in graphic novels, or just using the search bar and uh, and check it out. You know, um, boil into it too, especially because most people are going to be on mobile. You got to click the read more and then you'll see, you know, I got like 10 pages of a preview in there for you to take a peek at. There's tons of shit there. Yeah. You've put a lot of cool shit up there to give a very, very clear, cool idea of what the comic is going to be, which is, you know, which leads to intrigue to want to see where it's kind of going to go. And I'm glad that you specified and pointed out the fact that you are half Sicilian. Yes. Because when I first was reading the book and I wasn't sure and I was like, Bloom. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if he should be saying a few of these things, but the fact that it's in your blood gives it total right. So you're good on that one there. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Any last words? Any final? Hey, kids, check this out, or just get out there and pledge on your Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, check it out, guys. You know, I don't want you to pledge unless you like it. And there's definitely going to be, you know, a portion that doesn't. But I think for the people that this is for, they're really going to like it, and that's what I'm aiming for. You know. Nice. Do you have any social media going on? You on the Twitter? I'm on all of it. Yeah, I'm on all of it. I can. Is it all under Italiano or? Uh, it's 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 um no um for for Instagram it's at Mike Bloom Draws. For Facebook it is Italiano Comic, or you can look me up too. And then Twitter it's at Mario Italiano US. Kids, uh, go to any of those places that Mike just mentioned and uh, check this book out because it's going to – the first second you lay eyes on it, it's going to smack you in the face and you're gonna definitely going to be intrigued to want to find out more. Uh, so very cool. Mike, thanks for getting in touch. Thanks for reaching out and thanks for bringing this book to my attention and to the world's attention because uh, it looks like it's going to be bringing us a lot of entertainment and fun. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. No problem, and for sure, you definitely have to come back once uh, once it's out there, and we can all read it, and we can all discuss together and such. That'd be awesome, man. So uh, that's cool. Italiano, Mike Bloom, kids, go support Kickstarter now. That is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Thank you.